Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell. We're here to ring in the new year with a 13-game NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. DJ, how you doing? Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Um, no, things are fine. You know, it's I know there were requests for an entire episode dedicated to my best ball uh, season review, but we're going to skip that. Uh, it was fine. You know, I profited on the season and not by a ton, but it was fun. Uh, any weekend betting or anything that you did that was fun or good or thing? I don't know. Anything fun? Um, well, uh, I want to know where the best ball brunch, uh, you know, where, where that couple wound up in the, the the BBM, because I just have to assume they, they won some, you know, ungodly amount of money, but um, you would only hope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, otherwise. Uh, yeah. I mean, I started off uh, with uh, 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 scraping out a victory in the, uh, in the showdown for Vegas, you know, built a double goalie, like low total or, you know, low goal event game and still somehow don't, you know, win everything because neither Dunn or Larson got the blocks bonus and every single Vegas guy got the blocks bonus. It seemed Um, so, you know, but I made a little bit of money. So I, I I have thought about just taking, you know, closing out my DraftKings account, taking my 1099 for the year 2024 and just, you know, moving to, uh, I don't know the poorhouse or something, but hey. Uh, otherwise, we're 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 still in it, um, and yeah, we got our first big slate of 2024 on the way, and certainly hoping for a reversal of fortunes for my 2023, which uh, started well in football and ended terribly in every sport. So, um, yeah, that's where yeah. I'm no, I, I, Winter Classic was good. I guess we should just say. Like, I mean, I I enjoyed it enough. You know, I mean, there was some definite. Uh, you know, lack of goals for one, as you're alluding to, which sort of was expected. Um, people didn't seem to like heart very much. I didn't really have the volume on all that high, so I didn't really care. But I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of like, what are you going to do at this point to make it interesting? Um, I don't know. I mean, they, they get they, like they're so good at making ice. And it seems like every year without fail, the ice is just God awful. So it seemed bad. That's I, yeah. That, yeah. That, I, I mean, again, I, I you know don't know if the players were saying that, but. It did oh, seem Bjorkstrand, a bit Yeah, so Bjorkstrand came off the ice after the first intermission, and his response to the first question was basically, yeah, the ice is slow. So, like, you know, like, literally the first thing out of his mouth was complaining about the ice, and it was I, pretty obvious. I, that, I didn't. Like, it's just frustrating to watch, like, you know, and, and I'm not a 
fucking hockey genius or whatever but like it is one of those things where you're watching it and you're like okay i can see what this guy sees and he's looking up he's going to take the pass but the pass just isn't there because you know in their little supercomputer heads they're like all right i'm going to catch this pass that's going you know went this hard off the stick and i'm going to catch it here and it just isn't there like it's not the puck was bouncy like it was a little bouncy but like it was just so slow that like nobody could make a pass because they didn't know how to stick handle like it was just you know everything was thrown off by that fraction of a second difference mm-hmm. and so the timing was off like everything's just bad when it comes to yeah. outdoor games and it's probably just you know me and a select few people and obviously the low goal totals don't help but like you know the, the spectacle is a ton of fun i'm sure the players enjoy the hell out of being you know out of the grind of an 82 game season so like it's not bad but it certainly isn't as enjoyable to watch as like a normal arizona anaheim regular season game or something to me yeah like it's played on good ice i I totally agree with everything you're saying and it definitely like there were multiple times when a player just kind of threw the puck at the net because like you're saying that's why there i think there was so many blocks it was like are we really going to try to pass this puck around like we just have to throw it towards the net and there was a you know a decent number of low event shots a a lot of blocks and eh, whatever right but like um there's definitely fixes to it that could come about and the NHL is probably going to give us Chicago next year in Chicago. So that's what the word on this. I don't know if you've heard about that, but that's what Elliot Friedman reported that like the NHL is very likely putting Bedard in the game next year. And it's like, Oh, okay. So it's already kind of getting old. Let's have, you know, freaking Chicago, Boston. Well, Hey, if we do Chicago, Dallas, we'll at least get some goals. Right. Yeah. But we could, yeah, we could move on. I mean, again, I, I do enjoy it and I very much look forward to watching it. And I, you know, it's fun to be around. It's just like, if that is someone's first experience with the NHL, I don't think they're getting a very good experience. And I, you know, how many people were really turning off the college football to turn on the NHL? I, it was kind of segmented out of the way, but yeah, playoffs were starting during the third period, whatever. But yeah, let's move on. We have 13 games and we went a little long here in the uh, breeze uh, to talk of the actual game section. So hit me with the plugs, my good man, if you're ready, and then we'll rip into this. Like- yes. Um, you know, I have not been told that this is not carrying through into 2024. Um, but you know, and until further notice, this podcast is sponsored by uh DraftKings Sportsbook. So, of course, we are uh you know featuring the DraftKings Daily Fantasy slate. But if you're in a state where it's allowed, you know, uh, especially DJ, because he's always uh grinding the uh the player props and those sorts of angles on the DraftKings Sportsbook. So make sure you bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sportsman partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, see dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. All right, um... Let's get into this 13-gamer. Uh, we have some decent contests over on DraftKings as well. Uh, the, the Tuesday 20, uh, $20 entry has 20k up top. Uh, I know that's a contest that often has tickets uh, via satellites in like the $1, $2 range. Um, so, you know, make sure you don't have any tickets. 
uh, if you regularly play those. And uh, the $400 is, I think, maybe a 444 But in any case, that's also 20 k up top. Um, so, yeah, decent decent slate here. Uh, it is a $400, uh, 80K total, 20 k up top, and the high-dollar GPP. Um, so I guess uh, I'll quickly read through the games and then a few important injury notes, but we'll touch on everything that we know as we go through the games. Uh, so Boston at Columbus, Carolina at the Rangers, Washington at Pittsburgh, Montreal at Dallas, Calgary at Minnesota. Minnesota does not have Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, Chicago at Nashville, Tampa at Winnipeg, Florida at Arizona, Philly at Edmonton, the Islanders at Colorado, Ottawa at Vancouver, Toronto at LA, and Detroit at San Jose. Uh, Ottawa just got back Thomas Shabbat, which is obviously meaningful. Um and yeah, I think there was one more. Oh, and Sergachev is expected back for Tampa, which is dealing with some under other injuries on their back end. So uh, there's some other minor notes as we get through the games. But for you know brevity's sake, let's start things off with Boston at Columbus. I would have to imagine Boston um, comes in pretty high ownership wise alongside Dallas, um, which I think will be the most popular spot of the slate now that they're quote unquote fixed um, and, you know, uh, have very low prices. Uh, there's so Boston, Dallas, Chicago, or sorry, Nashville against Chicago, um, potentially Florida against Arizona, and that's uh, and maybe Detroit on the road in San Jose, but you know, <laughs> I don't know if we can trust them. I think Boston will get some ownership here though, which um, you know, based on an early look, I don't love the the sound of. Um, but what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I, you know, just pulling up the sports book to get get us going here. Six and a half, Boston's a minus two thirty favorite, so definitely a pretty high implied team total for the Bruins. Um, it, it would come as no surprise that I I think that people will play Pasternak. His shot rates have kind of come down over the last little bit. Um, only six shot attempts per game over the last five, which is, you know, good by many metrics, not by his. Um, mm-hmm. We also. I think we're a hundred percent positive on a few players being out for Columbus, that being, you know, Borensky and line a um, Corelli and Boone Jenner. So the same kind of four guys that weren't there against Buffalo should not be back unless if something changes in a big way. So uh, yeah, I mean, Boston did put up a good number of goals uh, five in a five to three win against the Red Wings. They only have 1.4 expected in that game though, uh, via hockey biz that is. So that's kind of, you know, could be just considered Detroit being Detroit a little bit there. Um, I don't think I'm going to be spending up on Pasternak myself, but I definitely understand it. I, I kind of laid out the reasons here. Uh, I, you know, I kind of just don't, at his price, he has to absolutely shatter the slate beyond belief. And if the rates are down right now, it might be a, you know, and then, and then the price is not, you know, 9,500. It's still, I think if not the most expensive player, he's in the, yeah, he's the fourth down by 400. Um, I just don't think I need to spend up on him when I think I'm eating ownership. Yeah. I think there are uh, far better spots um, to, to target personally. So that's sort of um, why I'm just relatively out. Uh, it is somewhat interesting. Uh, Charlie Coyle is uh, playing on the top power play now in place of what yeah. was, I guess, JVR. Um, so we kind of thought, oh, it's JVR or DeBrusque and, you know, they'll rotate Charlie Coyle's there, but he's already 4,800. He's playing with Marchand and, uh, the aforementioned DeBrusque at five on five. Um, and Morgan Geeky has stuck on the power play. So it's just, I don't know. It's actually, is that true? Is Morgan Geeky on the power play now? 
you know, he wasn't on the top power play last game. And that was okay, something okay. I was going to mention okay. is it was geeky Pasternak, okay. Zaka at five on five, yeah. and then not geeky. on. I, I think if geeky was on that power play, boy, that would really drive up kind of the combined ownership because Morgan geeky is 4k. Yeah. Um, and a guy that has historic rates in, in, you know, less minutes. So it's, okay. you could talk Geeky yourself into was, it. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh, hold on. Cause I, I, you know, I wrote that down and I had not considered it. Geeky was in the box for that power oh. play. I, huh. I mean, I, I, he was on that power play. Um, yes. Before. Okay. So, um, yeah, yeah, so yeah, he yeah. might be. Yeah. So Geeky should be on that power play then. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Geeky was in the box for power play number one and then power play number two that they had later on in the game. Uh, he was back on the power play one. So Marshan Zaka to yeah. uh, Pasternak and Geeky. So there you go. All uh, power play. Uh, it, like again, like it just, it, it convinces me even more there's going to be ownership here because yeah, Pasternak's expensive, sure. both of his line mates and power play. Yeah. I mean, it's just a kind of a perfect storm. And like, like I'm sick. I, I, I don't think Pasternak's the slate breaker here. So yeah, bingo, we've solved it. Um, mm-hmm. On the Columbus side, I mean, you know, the, the the prices have come up for the players that are healthy. Besides Johnny Gaudreau, I understand if you want to take a shot on Gaudreau. You know, uh, it's okay, I guess, because obviously the historical uh, talents there. Um, but that literally feels like you know you're one offing Johnny Gaudreau because he's Johnny Gaudreau and and maybe mini stack with like Provorov, but we just have not seen anything from these guys that makes me think they're worth their new prices. Um, you know, the quote unquote first line with Ferankov, Silent Ferankov, uh Marchenko and Chinikov is you know, it's above 12, 13 K now. It's not the 9.9 or, you know, whatever it was a few weeks ago, the matchup's brutal. So I think we're good to move on uh, anything on the Columbus yep. end of things. Uh, no, you covered it pretty good. I think we yeah. pretty much called it last game that Provorov would be the guy in the top power play, which was correct. So we'll just mention that again. And then it was Severson on the second. They took the, yeah. you know, the coward lazy way. So we can move on to Carolina. Keep, keep an eye on a, keep an eye on Bokefist. It, it sounds like he won't, White be back, but it is possible that he returns Tuesday. Um, he he's going to skate full of the team in the morning, so we should get uh, further clarity. But just keep yeah. an eye there because he's twenty seven hundred with no Wierenski. Obviously, yeah, he like, could you know be what? power play one. Minimum salary. I mean, Christensen had twenty one minutes against Buffalo. I don't really know why that he got the big bump. I mean, I played Bean myself. Um, Christensen minimum salary twenty one minutes, four blocks in the first game he played. You know, Bean. Now up to 3K, hit the box bonus as well. Like, I guess there is, like, you know, there's punts on this team that are going to see decent minutes um, as far as your defense is concerned. But yeah, other than that, Carolina and the Rangers, um, this is a six over under, uh, slightly shading to the under, and it's basically a pick them by the Rangers slate. Minus 122 favorites, not a very high total. I, you know, don't think this is going to be an incredibly popular game. Um, but as Carolina comes up in price, it, I think they'll be even less likely to be picked. Uh, Sebastian Ajo has just been on an absolute God run. He was the number one star of the week in the NHL. He had a just ridiculous amount of points, um, you know, back to back to back three point nights, uh, actually four, four and three, I guess I'll give him all his credit. He's due. It's not really a guy that I consider to be a slate breaker normally. Like he needs to do that kind of to put the slate away, which he was doing, but I'm not really buying on it here myself. Um, I think the Rangers are just fine. You know, I, I get it that like, over the last so many games, they really haven't been as good as we would have liked them to be, and it might help Carolina stand out, but um, I don't think I'm jumping on it here myself. Thoughts? Pretty much back to normal. Um, 
there's not a ton uh you know anymore basically you saw like them the roller coaster ride for them where they were really capping out like that's one of the worst defensive teams at five on five and, and i use rolling five game metrics for like the graphs i post and i use 10 games for the the table that i post in the discord if, if that's something you often look at um so that would explain the minor discrepancies but now when we look at it the rangers are you know average expected goals wise and um you know they're they're uh, slightly above average defensively because they're goaltending you know actually giving up goals and um that's not something we should really expect so uh it's not like there's really that uh element anymore that makes carolina stand out here stand out here so rangers at home are really the only place some interest in and that's oh, that's literally only because panarin is still 8300 which on its face is not that cheap you know just because 8300 you know but matthews is 9900 mckinnon is 9800 mcdavid 94 kucherov 97 pasternak 95 like clearly there is a ceiling you know above panarin um and he's just not that expensive trocheck is 5900 he's been really good all season long um so those two guys make a ton of sense i i would be okay playing them in basically any any format any roster but um they're not like a priority of mine yeah uh they'll be very low owned against carolina and i yes. agree with what you're saying as far as pinner and being that level um but yeah i don't have anything else to add here so yeah. i'm ready to move on um i'm and again not targeting that game in a high capacity the next game washington and pittsburgh i know you have some notes written down for it's a pretty big lopsided favorite for pittsburgh at home in the crosby ovechkin matchup minus 175 it is a almost identical six over under just a very light shade more towards the over here at a minus 105 instead of 102 in the uh Carolina Rangers game so also a low total not you know to be expected I'd say but the Capitals did kind of shake things up in practice so I'll pass it right over to you if you want to talk about that the Caps yep uh so we were on uh Patches watch last week um we got confirmation that he will not play on Tuesday he's an option for Wednesday I think maybe they have a back-to-back this week um so that's you know, so that's uh, one thing out of the way. Uh, we did see Ovi uh, with Kuznetsov and Tom Wilson, and then Protoss with McMichael and Mantha, which obviously dumps uh, Dylan Strom to the, the third line. Um, so we don't know what the power plays look like, but, you know, if you're taking a shot on Kuznetsov and Ovi, like, um, you know, and Tom Wilson, who's earned his way into that conversation, Ovi is 6,200. Like, I... I I, I don't know. I, I, I'm out of words. I did the whole TikTok thing where I clipped what I said about Ovi and the team went out and got completely embarrassed by the Islanders. Um, they've lost four straight. So uh, there's certainly not a ton of reason for optimism about the team. Uh, but Ovechkin, I'll just reiterate, you look at last year's, you look at the year before that, you know, his on ice stuff, his shot rates. This year, it's about the same. The only difference is the conversion. When he's on the ice, the team's not scoring. When he's on the ice, he's not scoring. And when he's on the power play, like he's still super involved and you know they're just not scoring. So that's the deal. He's much cheaper as a result now. Um I I, I think I'll wind up with Ovi on Tuesday night if I'm playing just one team. I think you can one off him. And, you know, 6,200 is just an egregious price tag for a guy who, you know, isn't likely to hit five, six shots, but for the price has a very good chance of doing so. 
Um, so that's where I'll leave it. I don't think there's much else. Any any other thoughts on the the Capitals here, um, like John Carlson or any yeah. other forwards that you want to talk about? Uh, John Carlson was the guy that I sort of penciled in a little. Like I didn't say penciled in, but I I think if you're playing Ovi, it takes an incredible small amount to convince me that John Carlson's also a good play. Um, mm-hmm. I I get Tom Wilson as well. Uh, you know, just as much I guess in at least a vacuum. Um. I like John Carlson though. The minutes are there. He kills penalties. He's your number one penalty killer. The number one over the boards in the power play. Like I think a guy that could hit a double bonus, you know, and a you know multi point night with Ovi, it makes the most sense to me at fifty eight hundred. It just seems like there's more there. Um, you know, Ethan Bear also did rejoin the team. We expected him to be in. He wasn't on the last DraftKings slate, to my knowledge. Um, I don't believe, but oh, you did. He he was against him. Yeah. Okay, so he wasn't, yeah, because he wasn't on the one that he didn't play. That okay, that was the last time we reported. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, but blocks bonus uh, in twenty minutes plus three shots or two shots on goal himself. So he had a nine without a point, you know, plus one. But as I was kind of yeah. getting to last time, you know, with Sandine, I think that's honestly a really good pairing and one that they would I would perceive has good projectable like zone starts in the offensive zone. They are offensively gifted, both of them. So I could see him at 2,700 being a decent pivot. Um, but if you're playing Ovi or a pivot, as far as a punt is concerned, or just, I don't think I need to say pivot, just a punt I meant by for bear, but yeah, I think Ovi and Carlson are interesting. Um, on the Pittsburgh side of things, uh, it's kind of the opposite effect in, in, in many capacities where it's like, it's not cheap to play like Washington feels underpriced and Pittsburgh feels overpriced in this matchup in my opinion like I still think this Washington team is really good defensively uh and it really only got improved I think with the addition of Ethan Bear with that being said Gensel's been very good as of late he had a couple very big peak games Ricard Raquel continues to be incredibly important it's kind of brought down the numbers of Crosby shooting like it's just there's only so like so many mouths to feed and I definitely get playing them all together but it, it does, you know, I still think it's a little bit overpriced, but Raquel does get it to a reasonable number. So any thoughts on Pittsburgh one? Yeah, the main thing that uh, will drive Pittsburgh ownership through the roof is that Raquel is basically all but officially back on the power play one. Uh, the Pusin yeah. and experiences has come to a uh, crashing end. So, you know, 4K for Raquel is clearly just a mispricing. Um, Since his return from injury, he's been one of the best players in the NHL in terms of generating expected fantasy points. And this is a stretch of six games now. So, like, you know, we know Raquel has historical rates. We know he's in a really good position and he's been productive. So there's really no uh, red flags I can raise except for the ownership angle, which, you know, if you're saying... Uh, Ovi and Raquel are super chalk on a 13 game slate like I'm not sure I'm inclined to believe that both sides are Um, so you know ultimately I think you can play like minis here and be pretty comfortable with it um, either side Um, you know but if if somehow this game is like the chalk of chalk you know there is not a ton of pace to it that you know all the expected goal stuff this is one of the lower end games um which you know ultimately only goes so far clearly washington pittsburgh there's a bit of history there and you know could spice up what is an otherwise kind of boring slate um but yeah you know it's it's good there's good prices i think all around and you can easily fit in the expensive pieces if you uh if you would like so um anything else before we move on no, no, yeah. Raquel played power play one last game. Um, I, I, like you said, so that should stick. We can move on to Montreal and Dallas. Uh 
was this? No, this wasn't the Stanley Cup. I was about to say Stanley Cup rematch, but that's not true at all. Um, they were the two teams that the two Tampa te- trounced in their yeah. Stanley Cup finals. Ex- yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah get, getting ahead of myself. So yeah, I, and that always right. I just it, it never is going to click in my head that that was like a Montreal Tampa thing. But okay, yeah. Um, as you alluded to right off the beginning of the show, Dallas could be decently chalky here. They're not priced up very much at all. Um, Robertson's continued to be fantastic. You know, against Chicago, I guess you could say disappointing in an eight goal game to only end up with 11.5 DraftKings points. Um, you know, two assists that top line didn't get there uh, on Saturday night um, as they previously had. So I don't think that's going to deter people from coming back to the well. I, I don't also know if it's going to maybe convince people to look at other pieces on Dallas, but I do think this is kind of a Dallas one or nothing type of situation. Uh, What are you thinking over on the Dallas stars? Yeah, it's the main reason it's tough is uh, they've reintroduced Nils Lundqvist back into the lineup and he's on the power play too, um, which makes the second unit much cheaper to stack. Clearly they're coming off of ceilings. Um, uh, Let's see. Where is Nils Lundqvist? Yeah, he's 2,500. Yeah. you know, I would not expect him to play 19 minutes in a close game, but there's no indication that Montreal will put up a close game. You know, clearly Dallas is taking care of business against some bad teams um, with their outbursts against Chicago lately. So, like, why is Montreal that different? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Montreal's without Christian Dvorak as well. So, like, they're they're banged up. Um, so it makes me think that Sagan, Marchment, and Duchesne, you know, now you can fit in a Minzal defenseman with it, and that's fine. Like, I don't necessarily yeah. think I should just be ruling out the second line. They've been great all season long. Um, it's just a matter of if we can anticipate them uh, basically getting, you know, not steamed up because of their recent performance. Uh, say, I think Marchman had a hat trick. Yeah, Marchman had a hat trick. Yep. Sagan had three points and Duchesne had like, you know, the the, the Robertson, he was like 11 and a half or something. Um, so that makes me comfortable because my main fear in stacking this team uh, or this line uh, all season long has been that Dodonov and Marchment were really rotating in and out of the power play too. And if you're going to play Mason Marchment at 4K, like it's pretty difficult to do so if he's not going to be on the power play for sure. Um, and so with this hat trick, I have to imagine that buys him at least one game of being on the second power play unit. And, you know, I'm still not convinced that Dallas one is totally fixed. Their, their numbers still are just are not popping offensively. Whereas Duchesne, Sagan, Marchment are. So, I do like the second line a lot. I, I I don't have uh you know like I'll keep an eye on things. I think I can get different enough that like Dallas, regardless of ownership, I, I can just play it um on a 13 game slate, but this is one of the premier spots and you know for good reason in my opinion. So yeah. uh any you know I don't know any any interest in Montreal, like I mean I guess Cole Caulfield is kind of inexpensive but like yeah. it's kind of him or Ovi at this point like they, they feel similar to me yeah no I, I think that's that's pretty true um oh man i i am one of the leaders of the cole caulfield bandwagon it's coming back to life again and his price it's gone down like he's you know back-to-back goals against both of the the florida teams um i don't know i it's whatever. It, it's a very whatever play. I think Dallas is incredibly good defensively. And uh, who got hurt? Yep. 
Did uh, somebody hurt for Montreal? It was Dvorak. Yes. Did you say that already? I feel like I maybe forgot I you already said that. Yes. You did say that. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I think if you're playing Caulfield, like, are you still going back to Sikoski? I at, at don't see a reason not to. Yeah. Um, his, his output's been far worse than his underlings, which, <laughs> uh, you know, at some point he's got to produce. And clearly he's gone, you know, 100 games in his career without doing much uh, but he does have some stellar underlyings and uh you know nick suzuki is going to play an absolute boatload their centers right now are yeah. uh nick suzuki jake evans yesi yolonen and uh, michael stevens i think that's his name so like they're just so banged up without kirby doc without new hook without Dvorak. um monahan technically plays center on based on DraftKings, but he's not a center uh, anymore yeah. so like you know, uh, well, actually, he's taking faceoffs. What do I know? Um, but no. In any case, you know, Monahan's yeah, going to play it, a bunch, but he's 4K. So I know like, it's tough. It, it again, it's like it, it. What you're saying is true, but like how bad this team is right now, this iteration. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's enough for me to say, just screw it. Just, you don't have to do it. It's 13 games, yeah. and this team is probably going to get you know boat raised. It's what's the point? Um, and there's 13 games. Like I'm probably not going to do it. I understand that the minutes and the usage are there for, for Slavkovsky, Suzuki, and Caulfield. And really, I mean, Mike Matheson, even though they rolled 11 defensemen last game, but yeah, we I'm not playing him at 6,100. Yeah. Uh, we can move over uh, to the, uh, you know, probably one of the most important to talk about games of the night, but not really a game that I think many are going to be targeting. I should also just mention before we move on that I just was saying how uh, Dallas could boat race them. You know, they're monster favorites at minus 298, six and a half over under. And our next game, if you are you ready for the Calgary, Minnesota? Because that line just actually moved towards the flames. I was, uh, it was plus 115. And since we started recording, it's plus 110 on the flames right now on the road in Minnesota with all of the injuries. So very interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, so um, it, I'll take it. Yep. Uh, so last game for Calgary against uh, the Flyers, they flipped uh, Huberto and Majapani. So uh, Huberto played with Lindholm and Sharon Govich. Uh, Sharon Govich, Lindholm, Kadri, Zari, Anderson are their top power play unit. So, you know, just a little bit of shuffling on the Titanic deck there for Jonathan Huberto. But, um, you know, he, he produced and he got an assist and had three shots so like good for you um i guess 3500 jonathan huberto um and then on the minnesota side you know uh, minnesota without Kirill kaprizov uh they were using ryan hartman on the top power play um on sunday honestly he had such a bad game that it might not stick uh there was you know a very clear uh, instance where he just wasn't trying and they got scored on and like yeah that that doesn't bode well for his chances and he's pretty expensive for this late anyway 4600 um but i gotta say you know outside of some value hunting for like i don't know nick patan 2500 playing in the top six technically speaking i can't think of a reason i want to target this game at all outside of you know rasmus anderson who is just uh, i mean he's just goaded at this point he's been so good um, you know, almost a guarantee to be in contention for the double bonus every night. Um, power play one, still 6,200, like just such a discount off of basically every high end player on the slate. And I just think he's so safe and so reliable, um, that even though he doesn't have, you know, 40 point upside, um, 
you know, 20 points goes a long way and he can do that any night, any matchup. So that's really the only piece in this game I have much interest in, but anything here stand out to you? No, I I think that's a really good call on Anderson. And I don't know why you're saying he doesn't have that level of upside when he is very much in play for the double bonus. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I I said 40 points, like that's, that's very different than, you know, I think Kel McCarr, Kel McCarr, Noah Dobson, like they have 40. I mean, Bouchard too, like they have 40 in their arsenal. And obviously where you spend at wing, you know, all those guys have 40 too. So like, um, you know, it's just a matter of how you want to allocate your salary cap. I think I'm just, I, I mainly just messing with you, but um, yeah, the, just a shake up in the flames lines for last game. They did move Huberto back up to the Lindholm line um, and Cherenkovich, uh, Coleman, Backlund, Mangiapani played a lot more at five on five in the Kadri Zari possible line. Um, Pospisil was on not Pospisil, Zari and Kadri were on the top power play with Anderson. But I think, like, if you're you know, as you already stated, you don't need to sack the Flames to play Rasmus Anderson. Um, and, and I think I just also side with the don't do it, uh, narrative as well. And on the Minnesota side, I get that there's like a uh, I don't know, an inkling of in- being enticed here with the new roles for new players and. Um, it's a bad matchup, as I've kind of already alluded to. I, I don't really think you're getting a ton of upside in this Minnesota team. And, like, what does it actually look like? Um, you know, it was boldly Eriksenek and Johansson last game. I get that Johansson at 3,500 feels like a value, but, you know, I don't think he should be all that much. Like, you know, he's probably a little bit cheap for, for his role, you know, whatever. Not on the top power play. I'll also throw that in there. Um, but boldly at 6K, Eriksenek at 7,200, that's just too much. That second line, as you you know, Hartman was bad and Rossi, but both on the top power play. Like that's, I think, a little bit more of like, oh, let's take a second look here. But I just don't really see the upside case there on a 13 game slate. So I'm going to get away from it myself. Um, Spurgeon was back as well on the top power play. So the slappies are no longer able to just jam Brock uh, Faber, even though he that's continues true. to be very yeah. good. Um, but, yeah, you know, 4,300. Spurgeon is is interesting as well. If you yes, need a yes. power play one guy, you know, it's just it's fine. Yeah, but that's kind of all the notes here uh for a game that I'm not all interested in. Uh and we can move over to the Chicago Blackhawks at the Nashville Predators, another six and a half, minus two fifty-eight on the national side of things. Um this Predators team is easy to stack in the respect of you know who to play. But yep. are you going to do it here with the, I think, I think Yossi at 6,800 could be one of the highest owned players on the night. Is that, is that bold that to is say? Perfectly fair. <laughs> no, that, I mean, it is well um, deserved. This Chicago team has been yes. atrocious. Um, right. So, you know, it's not necessarily like, oh, you know, there's really no bad plays on Nashville. Um, but just know that, you know, like you can fit like Nashville with Dallas pieces and just, you know, on a 13 game slate, I would like to have some lever to pull that doesn't feel like I'm just playing a 2v2 versus the field. Um, and, you know, Nashville looks far better on the expected goal stuff than Dallas does. I I don't know. Something in my something in me is just like nah. Like th- this this isn't a trap, but it's it's as close to a trap as we're gonna get. I think. Um. So like, that's that's what I'm trying to overcome. I'll, I'll look into some more stuff, and you know maybe maybe we can find uh, you know like 
information on uh like the new chicago lines like oh my god wait if bedard and bovillier and kurashev actually are great defensively like can we make an argument that like you know forsberg isn't gonna get there like it's unlikely um but you know i think i'm trying to choose between nashville and dallas at this point and then find a different team to sort of stack around um if i'm just building one team and Nashville has the very clear candidates in O'Reilly, Nyquist, Forsberg, uh, Roman Yossi. Again, that leaves you a ton of room to build. Like you don't have to play some fourth line of a team and you're getting a really good projected team. So like that's, uh, you know, perfectly in play. Um, Colton Sissons is an interesting way to kind of uh, delineate your lineups. He's going to play a ton, um, especially if they're leading, you know, he's, he's their closer of sorts, um, him and his line mates. So like, that's, that's an option. Uh, also top power play Colton Sissons, you know, maybe you replace someone in the stack with that. Um, but I don't think I'm going to Nashville depth pieces. Um, I imagine we see guys like Evangelista and Tomasino get some interest from the field, um, just to fit in like the McKinnons of the world who again, aren't in great spots. We'll talk through the expensive players that we have coming up. Um, but you know, that's not something I'm all that interested in myself. So anything, I guess, creative to say about Nashville or should we quickly touch on Chicago's uh, recent changes? Uh, I, I wouldn't get creative with Nashville. So no, okay. um, you already touched on most of Chicago's major changes because I don't really think there's anything on this team as well to get creative with, like Bedard 6,400 and their entire offense. So who is he with again? Kurashev and Bavillier? Okay. Yeah, so maybe. Tyler Johnson's hurt, um, which, you know, he was eating a decent amount of minutes for these guys um, and a top power power play job. So Cole Gutman got the power play run last game, played 17 minutes for basically the first time ever. A classic case of a guy kind of run, runs into a bit of a heater um, in the, I guess, first game against Dallas. Um, and then they come back with him and, you know, uh he plays 17 minutes so power play one yeah not 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 interested um but bedard with kurashev and bovillier bovillier is 2900 there is a chance he gets top power play run at some point so you know keep an eye out for it i guess because we love bovillier on this show but i'm not going to spend much more time talking about chicago uh so let's move on if you're ready yeah no word on seth jones right I have not seen anything. Um, yeah, it's, okay. the, he's unlikely like... to play during their road trip. So, like, their road trip okay. is still Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it was getting somewhat close, but, yeah, still not there. So, okay, yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, we'll keep it moving then with Tampa and Winnipeg. Um, you know, this is, like, I feel like if you would have told me at the beginning of the year it was going to be minus 135 Winnipeg without Kyle Connor against Tampa, I would have said you were crazy. But Winnipeg's <laughs> been good. And, again, it's just sort yeah. of like a – and I was like, and again, I say that as the guy that bet them to win the Stanley Cup, like an absolute donkey. And I'm somehow finding my goaltending way into this bet, not looking stupid. Um, I, I really just don't it's have not a ton of interest outside of. <laughs> like, looks good, but he's not been. Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, I guess you're like, right. I mean, you're right. The team, the team's been incredible. So, yeah, no, they've been good. You're, I know. I, I, all of this to say, I don't have a ton of interest outside of Kucherov. Um, like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm just, Winnipeg one is fine. It's coming up in price as it should have been. You know, I mean, there was a time when Gabe Bellardi came back from injury and we're like, uh, this is auto jam stuff at 3,400. You know what I mean? Now mm-hmm. it's 5,800. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just don't think it's quite 
the you know worth the squeeze at this point. Um, but I could stack around Kucherov maybe as an incredibly low owned type of situation. It kind of feels similar to the Panarin thing, only I think Kucherov has even more upside. Um, and it, it's priced in there. But again, I mm-hmm. I could see myself looking that way at a very low. I, in my opinion, it's going to be a very low ownership when you consider the opportunity cost of not getting Pasternak, um, you know, not getting Nashville. It, maybe you could figure it out, but then you're again, then you're going back to that fourth line type of situation, which I just feel, it feels uncomfortable. And I'd rather kind of embrace that um, and consider Tampa here myself. Yeah. If, um, if Sergeyev winds up not playing, which again, we're expecting him to play uh, and also, I guess, keep an eye on Chernak, but Hayden Fleury uh, is definitely out. So Chernak doesn't play and Sergeyev doesn't play. I might have some interest in Victor Hedman because, like, you know, he would have to play 26, 27 minutes. Um, he played 29 last game with the injuries that unfolded throughout the game. Um, so, like, that's somewhat interesting at his price tag. But I, I got to say, like, if it's not Winnipeg, it's it's nothing, I think, because, like, Kudrov is great, but I just I, I can't pay 9700 without a ton um, of, of certainty that like this is the spot he hits 30 I mean, he could but like it's just not you know overwhelmingly likely given Winnipeg's pretty stellar defensive play and especially from that you know uh, top line with Velarde has just been world beating and Ellers and Chifley have been really good alongside him so um, you know top lines good defensively clearly their depth lines are good defensively um, and yeah just not a ton of interest on the Tampa end of things and Winnipeg's a bit too pricey so like I'm largely out um, yeah it's it's sad to say because this is a pretty good game um, but not a ton of interest for me given their fantasy prices uh, anything sure. before Florida Arizona nope let's move over uh, Florida right. on the road as a minus 162 favorite in another six and a half you're going to notice that Trent, most games are six and a half on this slate or six. Actually, all of them at this point. Um, this is a plus 100, though, so not a shade on the over, shade on the under, actually. It, it kind of feels to me like that is a bit goaltending driven more than anything else. Like, Connor Ingram has been, you know, as far as save percentage is concerned, and probably honestly, considering many other stats that I'm not going to look into right now, just as good as a guy like Connor Hellebuck. So I, I, I get it actually that people might actually consider that in, and whatever I'm not, um, I would honestly, I'm pretty heavy, heavily considering Florida again. And I have absolutely no interest in Arizona whatsoever. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Uh, Arizona, I guess just quickly, Michelli remains 4K. Just, you know, I, I don't know what he has to do, but he's still putting up points. Um, his shot rate's down a tad, but, you know, it's still pretty good for a 4K player with a power play one job and a very uh, sure fire, like, point upside. Um, so, like, that's the only piece I'm considering. And Florida, we're not expecting any changes from Barkov, Reinhardt, Rodriguez, and Bennett, for Hagee Kachuk. Uh, Matthew Kachuk continues to fall in price. It's, you know, very similar story yep. to Alex Ovechkin. Um, you know, most of the stuff seems fine. Uh, for Kachuk, I guess the rates are down a little bit, but the team mm-hmm. is so much better than Ovi has to deal with that, like, you know, that probably balances out. Um, so, you know, for Hagee Kachuk Bennett comes in pretty cheap. I think they're covered ownership wise with Dallas having a very similar price tag um, and Nashville being similar as well. 
Um, so, you know, I think Florida two is okay. Um, if I can get over the fact that I would be clicking in Sam Bennett with 26 teams to pick from, you know, that, that, that's the only thing stopping me, I think from playing for Hagee Kachuk correlated on the power play one. So, um, yeah, no good spots. Not interested in any depth pieces here. I I truly couldn't have said it better myself, except I'm just going to add Vontor into it. Once again, I love pain and. And I will be going back to the well over and over again to watch him play all the minutes, shoot like nine shot attempts and get, you know, a three on the DraftKings report uh, at the end of the night. And I just say, I don't even know if I'd call it Skolansky bucks. Like it's not like, I don't know what you'd call it because it's like, this was the right play in the right spot and everything was right. And I just, I don't know. Just go. Yeah. I've spent a minimal amount of time thinking about this, but, uh, but Slim Cliffy who, you know, everyone should follow on Twitter if you, if you don't, uh, cause he does the stochastic shows and he does some really good fantasy hockey analysis and a, you know, space that's starved for it. Um, you know, he mentioned that Ekman Larson has some, some of these ridiculous underlying numbers. And, and that sort of made me think like, maybe the reason Montour is not the guy we thought he was like this year, fantasy wise, is just because like, the load isn't all on him. You know, Ekblad's playing okay, but, like, it's really been Ekman Larson who's been great all year long. And I understand he's not playing a ton of minutes and, like, you know, but, you know, whatever. But, like, his underlings are so good that, like, Montour doesn't have to do much for this team to produce offensively. And I just don't think he's forcing the issue. Like, that's really what it feels like. Um, you know, my recollection of Montour on the Ducks and on the Sabres is, you know, leading the rush and through the playoffs last year, he was always leading the rush. I have not seen that much uh, from him with this Florida team. I I should, you know, dig into some of those, like, all three zones tracking projects to see if that's actually borne out in the games that have been tracked. But um, if anyone's aware of that, you know, I'm certainly willing to have someone else do the work for me. Um, but yeah, clearly the production is just not there for Montour. Um, the, the, the shot attempts, I guess kind of are, but you know, again, that that's not worth a ton when there's so many options and so much upside at all positions to just sort of lock in, you know, a 5k Montour without any proof of concept that this current version is going to produce. So, uh, I'm out, but you know, I get it. Like, you know, you're just kind of hoping for something we haven't seen. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, Okay. Yeah, let's just move on. I think he has a lot of upside at 5K, but again, it, it, like you're just basically summed up perfectly. He would need to right. put it together um, quickly in this game. Uh, yeah. Philadelphia and Edmonton is up next. Um, a lower total yeah. than normal for an Oilers game. You know, it's a it's a six and a half still minus 122. One of the higher totals on the night uh, and definitely out of character for a Flyers game, but that's largely Oilers driven. Um, I don't know if i have a ton of interest here but i, I the, the thing that keeps bringing me back is are people also afraid of the flyers and how many people are afraid of the flyers is there enough people afraid of the flyers that mcdavid won't be very chalky a guy that again hasn't really had a lot of big games in his recent you know five or ten uh you know there's a couple in there but he hasn't you know shattered a, a 40 burger and, and taken the slate and just brought it out back and yeah and put it down he He's not Globetrotter McDavid. Um, but yeah, no, this is um this is one of the tougher, like um like so assessing Philly first, like I posted in the Discord on I think Saturday, again, the the rolling five game charts. And this is as bad as Philly's looked in their five on five play 
all season long. Um, and of course, this comes, you know, on a long, long road trip, um, you know, through the holidays and whatever else. Well, I guess not long, long, but it was a four game road trip. And I think they played three and four nights heading into Calgary. Um, and, you know, they they played fine against Calgary. They didn't get the win, but um, part of that was score effects, et cetera, et cetera, um, having trailed. But now is the time, I think, if you're the sort of person that's just like, look, this Philly team is not very talented. Uh, this is the time to say, look, Torts worked his magic, but this clearly is a spot for McDavid to absolutely erupt because any spot is a spot for McDavid to erupt. And you probably are going to be higher on Edmonton than the field if you are sort of buying into this narrative of like, okay, Philly's not quite as good defensively as they have been based on the underlyings. This is the end of a road trip, um, you know, having played, I think, four games in seven days now um, heading into Tuesday. And McDavid, 94, Hyman, 78, Bouchard, 69. You know, Nuge has been productive at 56, but you can always leave him off. Yes, yes, very nice on uh, Evan Bouchard. Um, Yeah, this is a great spot. Uh, It's certainly something to consider. You need to have more value than, you know, some other premium stacks on the night, but there's really nothing here that says Edmonton themselves is any you know anything but an absolute wagon they've they've been very very strong um and they're just taking numbers at this point like it they're just running over teams so yep 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 and yep i I am going to be considering them um and i will i don't know i mean let me just ask perfect like you think i'm is everything going to be popular so honestly the part that makes me think that maybe Edmonton one doesn't get steamed up is that Dreisaitl 7,400 and his line mates are 39 Warren Fogel coming off of a five point night in Anaheim mm-hmm. uh, with six shots on goal and uh 2,700 Ryan McLeod. And like, you know, trust me, I, I wrote a, I wrote a goddamn uh, newsletter about how Ryan McLeod should be the face of the Edmonton Oilers. Um, you know, not really, but kind of, uh, and I still believe that that would have helped. Um, but like they ultimately found figured it out because they're the freaking Oilers and they're incredible. Um, but I think that second line takes a decent amount of ownership. You know, Fogel and McLeod should get some power play run. You know, it's not going to be a ton, but I think the projection systems will be like, hey, look, like these guys all play power play and they're all too cheap. And so we like to jam them. And I clearly think this is just, you know, a McDavid, Hyman, Bouchard just spent up because that's who you should expect to score goals in a seven goal game, not freaking Warren Fogel. Um, but like, I think ownership gets spread and I don't think Edmonton gets a ton to begin with just because, you know, the Philly factor, the fact that six and a half, you know, not, I mean, how, how big is their, uh, you know, are they like minus 185 or something? Uh, it's minus exactly minus 185 Oilers. I, I mean, you know, so on, I, I on can, the number. Okay, I, I could price these myself. So, like, that's not going to be as high of a team total as Dallas, as Nashville. And so that's right. you know, why I think Edmonton sort of skates through here. Um, but, yeah, no, not a ton of, you know, some ownership, sure. Decent amount, but not anything that I'm concerned with with 13 games. Okay, now we move over to a, another one of our six totals. Um, that is the Islanders at the Colorado Avalanche. One that I don't think is... Very, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. It's minus 125 on the six uh over, and then it's minus 170 on the avalanche. The avalanche take four four seconds to kind of solve here. Um, I don't think you need to overthink them in any capacity. 
Um, but I will just once again bang the drum for Miko Rantanen, who I think is just, you know, that I think if you're playing like a Colorado stack, he just unequivocally has to be in it. Um, I just think that he's he's the, the guy. Uh, so, and you know what? I'll even throw, you know, Kel McCarr. I think that those are the two that I absolutely jam. Uh, McCarr has been, in, in games he's played, of course, because there's been the weird injuries that are going on. He has, what, three of his last five with uh, five shots on goal or, you know, actually exactly five, and then the other two were four. So it's not like he's, yeah, not shooting. He is shooting. Um, I think that's the route I would go if I'm going Colorado, but I don't know if I have a ton of interest here. I just like Edmonton more. I like a lot of teams a little bit more than Colorado. And um, I guess while I'm on the, on the mic, the Islanders are still overpriced as they've been for a while now and continue to be. I'm trying to find the stupid tweet I saw um, that that uh, Okay, here we go. Uh, Evan Rawal on Twitter, just at Evan Arrol. Uh Nathan McKinnon's most dominant 2023 stat. He finished the calendar year with 80 points at 5-on-5. Five five. The next closest player was Connor McDavid, who had 59. <laughs> I mean, that is otherworldly from McKinnon. I mean, McDavid did not have a bad calendar year 2023 himself. Um, and, you know, it just goes to show how dominant mckinnon can be um you know the power play stuff obviously favors mcdavid um but yeah no the pricing on colorado is just what makes this difficult um the islanders i'm just not really willing to target them um that they're they're not that great defensively sure but they're now getting uh mayfield back um both pelic and Polak should be out um you know i guess we're not sure because we didn't see escape from these guys um, but Mayfield back helps like just the pricing on Colorado is just really out of hand. And like, yeah, if you have a cheap stack, you like Colorado profiles, great, but it's really tough to fit, uh, you know, three stud, stud players in um, Jonathan Juin moved up to the top line in place of Val Machushkin. You know, that's largely window dressing, you know, they're still going to play the power line when they need to. Um, but you know, it just goes to show that Ranton and McKinnon are the two studs that you want to prioritize, which makes a ton of sense. Um, Miles Wood, Johansson, and Nichushkin was the second line, which like I'm gonna go throw up, but you know, hey, uh, if you want a cheap way to attack the Islanders, which you know is fine, you could do that and play Kalmakar with it and actually have you know a decent look at um uniqueness. So uh, yeah, any interest in the Islanders because they come in with the seventh best, you know, expected goals index on on the night here. Okay, yeah, no, I not, not at the not at the prices. I feel like if you're honestly like super high on the Islanders and you think like like just bet them like their team total or something. Uh, well, it's just be play really well and... just play Sorokin, you know, because he oh, yeah he could easily play. He could easily see forty shots. You're not going to get low ownership, but like you know, um, yeah. No, it's uh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I I think you just again you take it to the betting card if you're like the Islanders and like you're gonna you know I I just don't see slate breaking upside to be to be honest here and um oh yeah we could I don't know that's about it we can move over to a sure. game that I'm much more interested in it is I believe tied for the highest total on the slate no I think it actually is the highest total on the slate at minus one twenty five on the over six and a half it just oh no no it's second highest I'm sorry we have one more to get to that's higher. Um, 
It's the Ottawa Senators at the Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks are minus one fifty five favorites, and Ottawa's played really well as of late. I, you know, they've won a bunch of games. Um, they seem like they're finally getting that coach boost we talked about. The main big note here is Shabbat was back against Buffalo after missing almost an entire month. Uh, the entire month of December, he returned. He had two assists. He played twenty one minutes in that return. Um, so he should be in against Vancouver. Um, Ottawa. It's kind of a team where if you are playing them and it's a 10 p.m. start Eastern time, so just you, you gotta check the the pregame skate. Um, yeah. they've been definitely playing games with us. They've been switching things around in practice and not doing it and all that kind of stuff. So, what are your thoughts on these Ottawa Senators? Yeah, I I gotta say I have next to no interest in either side of this game. Um, cool. Vancouver continues to be smoke and mirrors. They're they're not generating anything, but they're scoring a ton. Now, could that play against an Ottawa team that up until the Sabres couldn't buy a save? Yeah, maybe, but, um, you know, just really hard for me to uh, go back to that. Bought... It's... Oh, sorry. I was going to say they just bought like 40 saves last game. Can they can they still afford more of them? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is just a spot where like even guys like Drake Batherson, you know, like. Uh, you know, you're, you're paying more than you've paid all season long for Drake Batherson. And it's like, is this really a spot where I want to go in on Ottawa? Like, I don't think so. Um, So like, yeah, maybe I, maybe I uh, uh torment or I don't know what the right word is. The, the stupid word where you say bad things about them and they go out and smash. They could do that. But like, it's just not a spot where I'm really scared of them burying me on this big of a slate. Um. So yeah, if I'm playing this game, I'm playing Brock Besser for sure because the guy just continues to score and he's a good goal scorer and I like those two things, but there's not a ton of reason to think that this game is going to have a ton of volume or uh, really all that much interesting to offer. So um, I will just throw out one more thing that uh, we did see Vancouver won with Pedersen, Mikheyev, and Kuzmenko. So you know, yep. long gone are the nonsense days. And uh, oh, actually I wrote down... JT Miller, uh, A plus in my book. He had a quote after practice today. He hasn't scored in, I don't know, like 10, 10 games or something like that. Um, and he was like, December 5th. <laughs> Yeah, Ninth, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's, that's a while. But uh, anyway, his quote was, you know, oh, why do I need to score? Like, my job is to fish the pucks out of, you know, fish Brock's pucks out of the net, which, you know, is true because Brock Besser continues to score. So I just wanted to throw that out because I don't know. I, I, I like the quote and, uh, was a nice, uh, you know, it's nice to see some players have some personality, even if that's like a minor quip that like you or I could make, you know, and I don't consider us to be comedians. It, it made me chuckle. Well, uh, yourself. Um, yeah, no, it's <laughs> <laughs> under six and a half plus 105 is what, I, is what I'm hearing. And honestly, I, I, I really don't hate it. Um, I, I do yeah. kind of tend to agree with you a little bit, though, that like, the way I see this game going is if it does get that over, which again, Vegas is indicating it should, it's likely very efficient on the Vancouver side, which goes right to Brock Besser. Um, mm -hmm. um, so I, I can see where you're going with that. And I could, you know, 7K Quinn Hughes is, it's too expensive. I mean, just let's be candid. Uh, but it does have 45 points in 36 games. Like, I think you could at least convince me it's worth worth considering. Um, but Again, uh, I don't yeah. know. Not not a ton here. Yeah. I think it's probably last thing. Yeah, last thing with Chabot back. Uh, he just replaced Anderson on the top power play. So fifty one hundred Chabot. You know, whatever. Yeah. Not a ton of interest, but uh, that just means Suitsla, Norris, 
Kachuk and Batherson. You know, they're still there on the power play. So, yeah, they uh, ran seven defensemen last game. Yeah, I, I don't know if that changes, honestly, because they yeah, killed I don't the Sabres. I, I don't think they're getting any guys back. Uh, Matthew Joseph is on so. LTIR, so um like yeah. he's not back and you know that means that they would need to play like i don't know angus crookshank or whatever um yeah so i i i guess i mentioned that you know i think if you are stacking ottawa it's to me it's still a stutzel batherson personally with maybe shabbat as you said he's fairly priced i guess i'll at least put my put it out um but i get just fading it and that's probably what i'll do we have two games left though and i think we've actually kept decent time so why don't we just we have Jam right, jam right. Let's keep it up, right? All right, yeah. I, I, yeah. Are you afraid of LA? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pose the question before we get into it. Like, I feel like LA has become feared. Yeah, I mean, you know, for mere mortals, sure. Like, LA is a very good defensive team. Um, but Austin Matthews is, you know, (laughs) he's Austin Matthews. There Um, it is. Yeah. So yeah, I have really no fear that uh, Toronto's in a quote unquote bad spot. If I can make it work, this game is what profiles as the best game stack on the night um, by a decent margin based on the underlines coming in. And that's largely because, you know, LA has been very good offensively, um, but their defensive game has been just fine. Like their goaltending has been, um, you know, I think better than their defense, which, you know, is for good teams that happens like that. It's just the way score effects work. It's the way that, um, you know, structures work to help your goaltenders. Um, but Toronto, you know, it's Austin Matthews, uh, with Martin Jones as his goaltender, like, you know, he, he's going to be firing. He's going to be a good bet to score and Marner remains 6,700, you know, Matthew Nyes, if you want it is 30, 3,500 and Morgan Riley remains 6k. Like, you know, anytime you can get a reasonably priced Toronto stack, I'm somewhat interested and you can build decent Toronto stacks, um, you know, with a bring back that makes a lot of sense because LA still has a ton of value. So any uh, any specific players on Toronto you want to mention other than the ones I said? Uh, I, I think it's Matthews or nothing here. Like you're going to, I think we've kind of like laid out the, the card of, okay, these are your super expensive players, right? Yeah. McKinnon um, and Pasternak and, and probably McDavid will get, a de- like I think Pasternak wins the ownership battle. I don't think many people are playing Matthew Kucherov, um, which kind of entices me a little bit more to consider them. Just who cares? Uh, these all all of these guys I think have you know in every whole game, but just an absolute metric ton of upside. So to me, of all this group, I, I think the case on McKinnon that you kind of made, but I think the case for Matthews is just like he is a ha- a walking hat trick every single night, and mm-hmm. I am I'm willing to bet on him um and really nothing else here but again with betting on him morgan riley makes an absolute perfect uh 6k again no ownership uh, scenario and then you're just probably also considering people aren't going to be playing marner and marner's also been very good with austin matthews it's almost as if good players are good and they all lift each other so i get it um i i yeah uh, anything else you wanted to say about that then we can kind of just touch um... on the way no, yeah, I mean, I think LA, it's just a matter of, you know, like, I think they're all really good plays. It's just a matter of you got to pick them. And so, like, I think I'm leaning toward um, Kevin Fiala at 5,700. Um, Trevor Moore has been really good, but I think I'd rather stack Fiala with his power play. So, like, Byfield, Kempe, 
Um, but I could see, you know, literally grabbing like Fiala, Kaliev, Dubois, like just sort of playing around with like, hey, this game has, you know, nine goals um, on these 13 game slates. It's more than likely you don't need the absolute perfect team to win. Like there's just so much ownership being spread out that like even if one team goes for, you know, if one stack goes for four goals between them and they hit like 20, 20, 30 or something, you're only dealing with, you know, 4% of the field that generally has that stack. So outside of the chalk just exploding, game stacks are a bit more viable to me on these spread out slates. And so I think that just picking pieces on LA that profile really well for their price tags, you know, just we've seen Dubois, um, Kaliev have really strong shot numbers. So they, they're popping in the expected fantasy point realm and they just don't have price tags that reflect that. So um, you know, at the high end, there's Kempi, Fiala, at the lower end, there's Byfield, Kaliev, and Dubois that I'm considering on the LA side. Good luck figuring out which one hits on this specific night. So, uh, Detroit, San Jose? Detroit, San Jose, uh, we saved the best for last. We have the highest total on the slate, which I almost completely neglected because I just didn't even see it for a second. Uh, minus 130 on the over six and a half. Not as big of a favorite as I thought Detroit would be just because of how bad the record is in San Jose. Minus 185, but it's on the road. So I guess, you know, mm-hmm. you get that bit of a cushion there. Um, did we see lines for Detroit first and foremost? We did not see lines for either team. Okay, so I guess I'll start with San Jose. Uh, Logan Couture getting close. I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if he played. But definitely keep an eye out. Um, he didn't play Sunday, of course, or whatever the last Indeed. game was. I think it was yep, that's that Sunday. Sunday. Um, yep. So just, again, didn't, didn't play, uh, but it seems like it could be any day now. So do keep that in mind. He is 6K, which I'm not going to be paying. But again, would change things up. We also will, I think, almost definitely not have Mario Ferraro. It sounds like that's pretty much for sure. Um, which I don't know if it actually does anything for the slate in general, other than maybe convince people to take a second, third, and fourth look at Detroit. Um, I, I, I get all to say that there's some ambiguity in San Jose, and I don't know where it really leaves me other than probably hitting them. But it is a, honestly a good matchup. And I think we're like forgetting about the fact that Detroit, maybe not forget. I'm not forgetting. I mean, I'm remembering every single slate. But this Detroit team has not been very good defensively and not very good in net. Um, so you could maybe take a look at San Jose as, as a potential, but I just don't know what they're going to be. So any thoughts on San Jose? And then we'll talk about Detroit. Yeah, um, I, I think Kalen Addison's a really good play here. 2,800. Um, I think he sits there. Like, I think I think this is the spot where he's going to actually play a bit without Mario Ferraro. And um, I was kind of surprised to see this. You know, we're still dealing with relatively limited uh, time on ice numbers, but um, he's played 330 minutes uh, for the Sharks at 5-on-5. Does that sound right? Um, but he is third on the team in blocks per 60. And, uh, you know, Nikita Otiuk leads the team. He's just a shade above him in terms of blocks per 60. Um, like, Kalen Addison's actually stepping in front of pucks in a way that, like, Eric Carlson didn't. And obviously, he's not Eric Carlson. But, like, the fact that this is a guy who plays power play one, can get points, and will step in front of pucks, like, 2,800 is just such a bargain for that. So if Ferraro's out, I think my lineups can preloaded with Kalen Addison, to be honest. Um, and I'll just take a, take a shot that, like, this is the spot where he gets actually, you know, 19, 20, 21 minutes with upside for more in a penalty-laden game or, you know, something something weird happens. So, um, 
you know, not interested in any forwards, honestly. Like maybe if Couture plays, I'll take a second look at things. But, you know, just that's my main way to just get exposure to a player that I like um, in a matchup that I like. I mean, I think Detroit still sucks and like they're yeah, good offensively yeah. to bring it Kane Larkin, but there's not much else that I'm really interested in. So to, to me, um, if, if we, you know, we get confirmation that Hoffman remains on the top power play and the top six, 2,600, I could be convinced. And and that would be your, I think again, it, like you could end up getting in a scenario where you need that ultra punt of D and winger and, and, that at least has a, a semblance of upside of Hoffman scoring mm-hmm. and Addison getting a blocks bonus and an assist where you're not like truly dumpster diving yeah. to nothingness. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, Henry Thrun also, I feel like it's a guy that at 2,600, you could take a look, but I think you just find the hundred for Addison as you're trying to yeah. say. Um, I think Detroit's going to go back to Larkin to bring it Kane myself. Uh, that Larkin Raymond Perron line got scored on, I believe four times. They just got, shattered boston um i don't get it uh you know i just it just doesn't work i, I think i'm starting to raymond's just realize a bad that hockey maybe... player like it's just what it is like you took the words right good. out of my mouth and I, did i draft a metric ton of lucas raymond sure damn it uh he might not he be gets good. points I, I, he just sucks yep <laughs> I mean, he's been fine in best buck i'm not even complaining yeah. about all of like because he was starting as like an undrafted player and then i you know skyrocketed into the moon um the the point being again is that I do think it's going to go back to to bring mm-hmm. it Kane and Larkin and with that being said I do think that's at least intriguing and interesting. Um, it's not cheap, but Patrick Kane is still and you mentioned it last time we talked. It's honestly just affordable. I'd almost you know say a value at sixty five hundred with the way he's playing. Yep. So anything else you want to add? But again, we don't know right no. now. But that's my assumption. No, yeah, keep an eye on it um and get in the discord if you want more there uh i'm at fake moods you know dm me or dm dj at dj underscore 94 or the podcast at at Morningscape pod to get in the discord we'll keep you updated with uh, what news we find as well uh the, the loyal community within our discord so uh let's get to top stacks and guaranteed goals if you are ready i am ready uh do you want to get us started yeah, let's uh, let's get. I mean, let's get this Toronto gravy train rolling. Um, I, I think they need to keep the pressure up. You know, I, I think Ellie's in a good spot, but I feel much more confident in my ability to say that Matthews, uh, Marner, and Morgan Riley are where the offense is going to come from for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, give me that three man to start things off. All right, uh, Florida two for me for Hagee, the Chuck, and I will let you play whatever you'd like, Bennett or Montour. It's your pick. I don't know. You can play both, I guess. Probably not. And I'm probably going to play Montour and I'm probably going to be sad. All right. Um, let's go. Um, you know, let's try Ricard Raquel with uh, Eric Carlson and, you know, pick Pencil uh-huh. or Sid. I don't know. I don't know how you I pick can. between yeah, the two. I picked wrong last time. and you don't, But basically the last time I said Raquel in this podcast and said, oh, you can stack him with this power play defenseman. Uh, Chris Letang had five assists in one period. So like maybe Eric Carlson can do that. Eric Carlson's also too cheap at 5,500 for the sort of yeah. historical player he is. He's been terrible lately. So I would not play Eric Carlson outside of a full Pittsburgh stack. Um, but Raquel's too cheap. You know, Carlson has upside, and then obviously Gensel and Sid have been very good. It's probably just a matter of who you're playing around it, where you pick between the two, or you just play both of them because, you know, you have the roster spot if you want it. Um, but that'll be my second stack of the night. Okay. No, I, I think that's that's pretty sharp. Um, I will end it 
with uh, I, I you know what there's there's a few here that I could really easily dive into, but I might just go with Detroit one. Um, go, I think that Detroit one, Florida two is is an interesting way of doing things against you know Arizona, San Jose. Like I, barring Detroit one being all together, which again I'm expecting it to be Larkin, DeBrinkit, and Kane. So. Um, I might not get Montour in that. Well, I guess I might get Montour in that mix, but I'll go with that Detroit one. Um, and if okay. it's not correlated, just take out just take out Larkin and just do Debrinket Kane and don't play Comfer. Easy. Yeah, freaking Comfer. Um, Hate him. All right, so guaranteed goals. Um, yeah, last last podcast I feel like we did pretty well. Let me pull it up again. Um, no, I think we were I, I think we were one for four on that. But then I did three. For, I went three for four on my own. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, but you, you did have. Uh, I think you had the one. Doesn't matter. We can move on to this. Slate. Great job. Great um, job by me. Yeah. Um, that, as always. Sure. I am going to. Uh, I'll take off the board. Well, actually, you had Florida and Detroit as your two stacks, didn't you? Okay. That, that's uh, what I did. Okay. How about Gabe Velarde, fifty eight hundred? He's he's, okay. he's really good. Yeah, and uh, he is. you know, I don't know. Screw screw Nick Ellers still, and that's that's how you do it. Velarde scores, Ellers doesn't get a point, and you know, um, yeah, yeah. I I do think if you didn't put him in your stack, like I was like, man, Raquel seems real good, but he is in your stack, so yeah. let's let's keep him out of the mix for now. Yep. Um. Okay, so I'll, I'll go with Philippe Forsberg, though. Just uh, okay. I'll, I'll go a little bit of a different route than you. I mean, this is just sort of like the nuts of nuts and, spot for Forsberg. Yeah, and uh, I will go Tyler Sagan, 4,500 against this, you know, uh, banged up Montreal side. I it just The line's been playing so well. Sagan's coming off a scorcher, but I say he does it again, and he scores at 4,500 for me. So uh, that leaves you, you uh, Sagan. Sorry. Take, that take, leads take. you okay. with 3,400 left. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who you got for yep. us? Oh, boy. Who do I have? I'm trying to go through right now and figure that out myself. Um, This is uglier than I anticipated. I could, you know, Mangiapane <clears throat> is not power play one. That's, it could be a guy like Mangiapane, though. Is he shooting at all? Let's look. This is ugly. I thought I thought I'd have someone in this range that wasn't. I I might just go with Mangiapane. Honestly, he's playing a lot. But yeah, I mean, he, he is not shooting. Is the problem? He's bad, but sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm not really finding anyone this cheap that like. Okay, Arthur Kaliev. Great job, DJ. Great selection. You did it. All right, Connorzari, literally fair. same team, top power play. Okay, whatever. Just, just all right, sure, Connorzari, Connorzari. You're right. Okay, you're right, Connorzari, top okay. power play. It's an easy game. We'll go right back to the well. Yes, Minnesota famously has one of the worst PKs in the league, which is totally not informed by the you know first month of the year when they couldn't buy a save, but you know whatever. Uh, sure, Zari, um, Forsberg, and Sagan with Gabe Velarde for me. Uh, yes. So that'll do it. Um, yeah, 13 games. Make sure you're in the Discord to check things out um, as news comes in. But should be a pretty clean slate. 
don't know. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what happens uh, for the first big slate of 2024. DJ, any final thoughts before I close this out? Oh, no, just a uh, happy new year. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you again, right? We're back to normal, right? But yeah, tomorrow's Tuesday. It just doesn't really feel like today's yep. Monday. But we're back to normal Thursday, big slate again. And then we'll be rolling right right as we always always were. Um, so only, yeah, no, like... only 52 more weeks until we can sweat the best ball football finals. Um, so counting down the weeks. All right. Uh, that'll do it from us, though. Um, like I said, I'm at Fake Moods. DJ's at DJ underscore Mitchell 94. And the podcast is at Morning's Gate Pod all on Twitter. I'm on TikTok at DFS Moods. If, uh, if you are on TikTok as well, I encourage you to follow me. I will try to post more stuff there. But honestly, just, you know, give me the give me the satisfaction of those little likes and whatever. And maybe that'll incentivize me to, to do more with uh, with what we have. Um, but I'll sort of take my favorite clip from the pod and put it up there uh, as, as well as on Twitter. So um, that's all. Happy twenty, happy New Year to everyone. May 2024 uh, be the best year yet for each and every one of you, and especially me. I sure hope so. Um, so that'll do it from Doug, from DJ, and from myself. Have a good slate, everybody, and we will see you.